When rolling out a new initiative at the school district level, it's important to consider how many resources you have available to support it. Today, I talked to Sarah Kiriazis from Worcester Public Schools in Massachusetts about what it means to build capacity to support an initiative in a large district. Welcome to Focus on K-12, EdTech and the Education Experience. I'm your host, Doug Konopelko, Education Strategist at CDWG. So let's dive in as we focus on K-12. Hi, my name is Sarah Kiriazis, and I am the Manager Director of Instructional Technology and Digital Learning for the Worcester Public Schools in Worcester, Massachusetts. All right. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for being with us today, and thanks for sharing some of this conversation. So you and I have talked a little bit about building capacity and what that looks like uh, at the district level for teachers, for principals, for instructional leaders. So take me through a little bit of your work surrounding that area. Sure. So here in Worcester, we're the second largest um, school district in New England. And so we have about 50 schools, alternative schools, um, about 4,500 staff and 26,000 students. So when I first entered the district in um, the summer of 2017, um, there was only two instructional technology coaches for all of those schools for the district. So um, immediately once we decided uh, to switch to Google Apps for Education, we looked at kind of the training and professional development and said, how can we do this with two people? So I worked closely with the Collaborative for Educational Services and, and one of their um, technology consultants, Casey Daigle, and they're in Western Mass. And we put together something called something called the iTeacher program, the Innovative Teacher Leadership mm -hmm. Program. And we used Title IV funds, which were new that year, um, to give a very modest stipend to teachers to become Google certified trainers, to learn how to run professional development in their buildings, and that first cohort started in um, January of 2018. We hadn't even switched to Google yet. We hadn't bought Chromebooks. We hadn't done anything. You know, we bought 24 Chromebooks. Teachers applied through um, SchoolSpring. You know, our, our local teachers applied. And so what was nice about that is that it wasn't the usual teachers that usually, um, you know, leadership might choose. It was teachers that really were interested in, in building this capacity. And so this year we are on our sixth cohort of teachers. Um, so we've really built up a lot of cap capacity with our schools and the impact that they've had over the last, um, what is it, almost three years in January has been tremendous um, in helping us shift not only um, into Google Apps for Education, but just through um, blended learning and teaching using technology and now through we're full remote this year um, with the pandemic. So it's been a huge um, impact. Yeah, so it sounds like one thing that, you know, building that capacity with the teachers allows you to do, right, is take something that you had, which was making this change instructionally uh, and with the technology with a really small staff, right, and finding a way to make it impact uh, all of the teaching staff. Correct. And we are up to i think we have 60 that are officially google certified trainers but we have about 130 teachers um now with our sixth cohort that have gone through this program so some of the schools especially the larger high schools have um four what we call i teachers in their schools and so when we roll out professional development um, we continuously meet with the i teachers um, and they go and they meet with their principals and their 
the instructional coaches in their schools, just the typical instructional coaches in their schools, and they work on their professional development plans, and then they roll out those different um, tools and technology integration strategies to their staff. And we know the program is successful because um, the first year principals weren't quite sure what was happening, but now every every time we run, a, we ran two cohorts last year, principals are like, when's the next cohort? When's the next cohort? So they really see the value mm -hmm. and really rely on their eye teachers about a year and a half into the program. Um, so the, the first year of the program is seven full days spread out over the 10 months. And then um, subsequent years, they meet, we combine cohorts um, and they meet four half days over the course of the year. So we get a lot of feedback from our eye teachers. We're in constant communication with them. And um, part of what they said is this is great and this can come from the teachers but we really need our principals to be on board so about a year and a half in we started an i principals program um, and it's principals and district leadership together and i think we started out with maybe 15 in the first cohort and we work on um, leadership skills for technology integration so principals are tech integration leaders in their schools and we work on skills and and mindset and um, you know how to shift your school using technology. So this year we started our third um, cohort of iPrincipals and then we also added an assistant principal cohort this year. So we have a lot of a lot of people involved. So probably about 35 um, principals and district leaders have been involved in those cohorts. And if we run one more next year, then I think we'll have all principals in the district involved in, in something. So it's it's really nice to have it, you know, come at it from the teachers and then from the principal. So they meet in the middle um, really to bring about that systemic change. And we were able to hire um, a few more technology coaches. So we're up to seven for the district that support all of these teachers and, and principals in their schools. Um, so yeah, it's been, it, it, we came up with a program out of a need and a lack of personnel and a lack of funding and it's turned into something that we never could have imagined um, especially now it's it's almost invaluable it's almost like we could have predicted that we needed this much um, support today but it's been really invaluable now right so has it has it really you feel like shifted because of moving to a more digital first model um, that you know, these teachers being in place already and having years of experience under your belt, do you feel like you were better prepared because of all that? I do feel like instructionally and um, the, with the mindset, we were pretty well prepared. We had, um, we had a lot of people in place to be able to activate things really, really quickly. And then we also have a lot of people that are almost like in mini incubator, like R&D cycles because we ask them to implement something, they try it and, you know, I have like across the bottom of my computer about four different chats and so they are constantly in, in Google chat. If someone has an issue in their classroom, you know, they're chatting it out and other teachers answering, the principals have the same thing. So it's constant communication and um, when we shut down uh, March 13th last year, we really relied on those teachers to support their schools and get them up and running. Um, what was really, really nice is um, now a lot of these teachers, especially because we have so many Google certified trainers, we also 
um, and have introduced ISTE standards with them. So they work on those, working on TPAC and SAMR, and like now all of the new apps we've bought for remote learning. So whatever we're purchasing, they can start to roll those out. And then we also have, you know, they're classroom teachers. So some of them have expertise in like early elementary or secondary sure. math or science, and, um, you know, art, music. So there's, there's someone that can kind of support um, different, do different professional developments. But this summer, what we did, which was probably one of the best things, two of the best things we've done um, as a district around technology integration is we found a big need to support our families. We have um, a large amount of families that speak um, have a different home language other than English. And um, also we weren't one-to-one -one before the pandemic. So there's a lot of new technology that went out because now we are one-to-one. -one. So um, uh, one of my staff led something called, a team called uh, W, was the Public Schools Caregivers Academy. And so we pulled, we were able to pull from the I teachers, put out a job posting and have them work on this really wonderful, it, it started as a website and now it's webinars and drop-ins and um, tons of support for families, but we were able to pull from the I teachers to work on that. And that's become um, really successful. It's, we call it the caregivers because there's more than just families helping students at home. There's aunts and uncles and community centers and pods and, you know, Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, Girls Inc. So there's tons of community um, groups helping. So we run webinars for those community groups to help support our students. And then the second thing was we pulled together a team of iTeachers that worked on self-paced modules to launch remote learning for this year. And we rolled out these um, seven self-paced modules to 4,500. So, uh, you know, about like 3,800 instructional staff. Um, and they went through three full days of self-paced professional development <clears throat> made by teachers for teachers. And um, we keep That's hearing even today, you know, it was 10 weeks ago that principals are still using them for professional development. Teachers are still using them. So, and that was all made by teachers. So I think it doesn't get any better than that to get your professional development from, you know, from a colleague. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, the one of the benefits of building all that capacity is that when you do have a new need, um, you're able to address those needs more immediately because you have people who are already familiar, not just with the products, but with the, the pedagogy that surrounds it, with the processes that surround it as a district. And I like the idea that, you know, it did move from being just iTeacher up to iPrincipal. So my next sort of natural extension of that would be, so what does that look like for people that haven't been involved in a, in a school district implementation? Mm -hmm. How does what you're doing with iTeacher and iPrincipal make it down to the student level and really impact the student experience? Mm -hmm. So I think, um the the work that the i teachers do with their colleagues everything that they do um, impacts their students and uh, we have things like weekly or bi-weekly check-ins with students and so um, this is mandated throughout the district because of remote learning and they're asking students you know what how are you feeling do you feel connected so schools look at that data and now that everyone's using technology all the time, they look at that data and say, okay, what can we do using technology um, to help connect 
with our students more or to help engage our students, um, to connect with our families. So I think that the ability for um, teachers to troubleshoot, to identify technology, to use technology for engagement impacts the students. Um, and I think that some of the some of the things we did in the spring, because we, you know, we made a lot of mistakes like everyone in the spring, um, is that we asked the students, you know, what tools do you like? Why do you like them? And so then we, based on those answers and based on principal observation and teacher observation, um, tried something different in summer school and that worked and that's what we rolled out for our, for our learning for this year. And so, um, with with all i mean this isn't just you know the technology offices all the offices working together district offices working with principals and working with teachers is that really being able to harness technology for both engagement communication and um to to improve student learning and outcomes affects the students when you're building out a program that focuses around uh, building capacity what are some of the books or authors or resources or things that you followed or researched along the way um, to help you with that process? You know, I really um, rely heavily on the ISTE um, leadership standards, educator standards, student standards. So I do a lot of work with those. Um, almost all of my team now are ISTE certified educators. And some of our I teachers are now going through the ISTE certified educator um, program, which is, if you haven't heard of it or haven't done it is the most phenomenal program. Um, so that's one of them. Um, as a district, we've done a lot of work with, um, you know, John Hattie's work. Um, right now with distance learning, we're doing unpacking like the distance learning playbook. Um, some of the um, coaching we look at is, um, you know, <clears throat> is working with focus schools, which is a uh, Carrie Purcell, she's out of Florida. So um, a lot of different things. We've done some UDL work. So I think that it's kind of a combination of all of those things and um, building teacher capacity. I think because I went from being like a technology teacher to instructional technology coach and then straight to a district administrator, I just, I really felt like the teachers are the closest to the students and the teachers are the ones that have that make the most impact. And so my philosophy and the, a lot of the philosophy of the district leadership is that we need to do everything we can to support principals to support teachers. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really powerful, really, you know, really impactful. And I'm glad to hear, obviously, that we know it makes it down to those students. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Thanks for talking through what it means to build capacity in a program like that. And thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today on Focus on K-12, EdTech and the Education Experience. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and consider leaving us a rating or a review. If you'd like to contact us about the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at theconopelco or send us an email at focusonk12 at cdw.com. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next time as we focus on K-12.